When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, it's Sox Populi Podcast, Mothership Podcast 165. And as Crystal's already said, before any of you could hear her, it is our favorite time of the year, at least her favorite time of the year. It is the Sox of Us season. Welcome. This is the third year, the uh, father Sox of Us, Tommy Barbie with us, uh, his instilled program for the end of the year to help us cope, to help us grieve. Um, to intoxicate whatever needs to happen to deal with being a White Sox fan. It hasn't been easy. It basically hasn't been easy for my full tenure here at Southside Sox. It does outpace all of you coming up really, really, really quickly. I just can't stop the train on seven years. Uh, and I think I may have to excuse myself and leave for the rest of the podcast because that is a sobering fact. Uh, this is the kickoff. Uh, next week is our, I guess, the, the the big live event where we're going to be airing grievances, and we're going to be under the illusion that somehow we won't just speak from December 10th till the end of the year for our grievances podcast, because obviously there are going to be plenty. I imagine a few will trickle into this podcast, but this kicking off the uh, socks of a season really is something we touched on a little bit in our last podcast uh, that was our Thanksgiving, which ostensibly was to thank all of you listening and reading and watching and even participating on site. Uh, but, you know, did come around to why are you here? Why are you still here? It has come up a lot. And I mean, I've even asked it to you, our dear listeners. I mean, really, this has been rough. Uh, so we are going to go around and just talk about, I guess, why we are still here, why we have doubled down into our fandom, uh, hope has come up in our companion uh, piece that's published along with this podcast uh, here on Monday morning. Um, uh, because, you know, as a White Sox fan, you have to have hope, um, I guess. I'm not sure if I do. Dante Jones is with me. Brian O'Neill is with me. Crystal O'Keefe, fatigued, exhausted, party planning, but still it's her favorite time of the year. Favorite time of the White Sox year? Oh, I don't know. But... It's the Sox of a season. Uh, Tommy Barbie, Father Sox of us, he has to be here. He has no choice. Uh, so, yes, we have contractually obligated to be here for uh, the full run of Sox of us uh, programming and Amaliki Hayes as well. Uh, some of you have trickled out your answers already. I'm, I'm curious and have he, haven't seen some of the writing already uh, published along with this podcast. Some answers have changed maybe a little bit uh, over the course of the postseason. Uh, so, Let's begin. Uh, I'm going to begin with Brian O'Neill. He's on the hot seat. Uh, a really quick late wardrobe adjustment from the formal wear to uh, we told him, hey, Brent, come on. Next week's the big one. Yeah, no, I got, I got the formal wear next week. So, you know, he, very quick wardrobe switch. Uh, excellent job there. Uh, when we talked at Thanksgiving, <laughs> one of the things that came out, Brian, was that you uh that you were sort of in a way surprised or that clearly the white Sox still resonated with you you still cared about this team in a way that maybe it's a little bit easier to care a little bit less about the bears doing poorly or maybe other teams you followed over all these years when they're uh faltering white Sox are a little different and they still sort of <laughs> get your pulse racing and of course that negative way uh hi, does your answer change uh give me an idea about why you're still here talking with all of us, uh, not just celebrating Saxophus, but as a White Sox fan. I, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot and I don't know, I don't want to get like too philosophical or anything, but I think it's a, it's a tragic sensibility and it's a tragic sensibility about life, which is actually inextricable from romantic optimism that things can be bad, that things can, you know, always seem dark, but like, there's no fine lines in life. There's no like, this is the end and this is the beginning. Things trickle into each other in a way, whether you're talking about baseball and different seasons, there's no one time when like the roster is completely changed. 
there'll be players here who are here in a few years. There'll be players who come up next year who are going to be talking about in five years from now. And that's sort of what life is like. And I think that being a White Sox fan is really like that. And that's kind of in my blood. It's in my constitution. Like, I have that sensibility and I'm curious. I'm curiously optimistic about where it's going to go. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, sunk cost. I'm, you know, in my mid-40s. I've been a fan of this team forever. And there's also a little bit of, and I'm reluctant to say this because I'm worried it's going to sound like, preemptive gatekeeping or true fanning or some annoying things like that. It's not, it's my, it's entirely personal to me. If and when they do get good again, and if and when they do it again, I will feel more connected to it because of the past. Like anyone who gets off the wagon now and jumps back on, you are very glad to do so. Uh, you know, there's absolutely no, nothing bad about that. Um, but I was thinking about like with the Blackhawks, like I stuck with them until like the early mid aughts when they just ruined by venality and incompetence and greed. And then when they got back again, it was awesome. It was amazing. Retroactively, it's tainted by the fact that they were even more venal and yeah. awful than I knew. But at the time, it was amazing. But there was still part of me that felt like, I don't know if I feel as good about this as I would have if I never stopped paying attention to them. And so, yeah, it's just that that tragic sensibility, that little bit of hope and just my own personal stubbornness about it. Um, I just want to see what happens. And I'm curious whether in life or baseball, what's going to happen next? I like I, I, I'm, I'm lazy and I'm not bright. So, you know, I say things like, you know, the bard of the side or whatever. Maybe he's more maybe he's more of the James Joyce of the side. I got to look up words he uses when he writes. I don't know. But that's Brian O'Neill. Give us the reason. And uh, okay, so no gatekeeping, but you know, the satisfaction, the smooth aftertaste of the White Sox finally winning. If we live to see it, Brian, if we live to see it. That's the caveat. Uh, because Brian, I guess, was part of the Thanksgiving podcast, I kicked off with him, of course, very rude to cut in line in front of Father Sox and himself. So listen, Tommy Barbie, welcome. First of all, uh, thoughts about this coming socks of a season as we're kicking off and then of course you're going to need to acquit yourself as to why you're actually here besides again of course the contractual obligation let's just not talk about that um yeah i mean i think that for one i'm far more excited about socks of us than i am about the white socks so i i think that we are going to provide a month's worth of content that really hopefully encapsulates all of the frustrations that have been brewing um actively within this fan base over this last season plus where um i love the blackhawks comparison because i think that the white Sox as an organization are at a place where i can't think of another owner that actively dislikes their own fans in the same way that bill wirtz did back in the you know 90s with the blackhawks where it's yeah. just like you're really trying hard to piss off the fans and it's working um so you know whether it's canceling socks fest whether it's the whole stuff with brooks brooks boyers who seems to have his own army of nonsense going on right now um i, I think there's there are a lot of reasons to feel more defeated than usual um and hope was a huge theme for me talking about like why i'm still a yeah. Sox fan i am not nearly as romantic about it as you are brian i think for me it, it's just it is that perpetual state of it has to get better at <laughs> some point just because it's so bad right now like just even by sheer luck they're, I mean, you look at the Angels where it's like they completely wasted Trout and Otani. Like that, those are the types of things that just don't usually happen. And so I'm hoping that at least with the White Sox, even if they continue to suck, there's going to be those types of silver linings where it's like, oh, hey, we can watch Luis Robert for 150 games, like put up MVP numbers, even though the rest of the team is trash. Like, I can live with that, but just how awful these last few seasons have felt is, is something that I, I think just based on the nature of sports and baseball has to somehow regress back to a sense of normalcy where the Sox aren't a 60, 61 win team. 
Yeah, hope's tricky too. Again, Tommy, sorry, I mean, I'm, 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 try, I'm running all you guys down who are not nearly as old or uh, let's say veteran a fan as I, but listen, Tommy, we may not oh, live to see that. Hope we may not live <laughs> Deep sigh. Uh, that comes that basically is the jingle bell of the socks of the season pretty much since we've been doing this, uh, Tommy. And it's uh, sad, but again, Tommy uh, deserves credit here. Father socks of us, I should say, really, let's call him by his formal title. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily be doing this here in December uh, had he not prompted it. I was probably willing to just lay down and avoid the whole thing because let's face it, I mean, we're all feeling that this, I mean, we're saying this is the highlight of like the off season or maybe the whole coming year, uh, you know, which is fun and cool but you know sad um but no anyway uh let's uh on the hope topic i'm going to shoot it up to uh dante because that's another thing he mentioned uh he has a little bit of a different wrinkle uh with his answer as to why he's still here but i know hope played some role in it uh so lay it on me dante uh where are you at why are you here acquit yourself honestly i'm here because i can never be a cubs fan (laughs) Like, That's a legit answer. <laughs> I I just couldn't do it. Like, as much as I will go to the games and like enjoy the good players, I dislike Jerry Reinsdorf. I think he's a shitty person, a shitty owner. I think that the Ricketts family is a curse onto society. And Seattle's too far away, and their ownership cares about as much about winning as the White Sox ownership does. At least they have a fun place to do it at. Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to be here. I have mixed feelings about the White Sox right now because of how they've treated Jason Benetti, how they've treated the players that have left recently, all sorts of reasons. The fact that they willingly kept Clevenger and until they just until he was gone, they they tried getting rid. He of left. Him. They did. He left. Yeah, that's the sad part. We didn't yeah, get him he out. He chose to leave. He chose to leave instead of them choosing to get rid of a piece of shit. But at the end of the day, yeah, we got the whole family thing of my grandmother getting me into the White Sox and things like that. But also, Luis Robert is one of the best baseball players I've ever laid eyes on, and being able to watch him regularly, you already know the tweets will be starting again as soon as the home runs start again, like. I can say that I hate the White Sox, and there are many days of the year that I do hate the White Sox, but there's more days of the year that I love them. I'm just, I care more about the players on the field than the people in the press box. I mean, not the press box, in the ownership box. So until they do something just completely despicable, then I guess I'll be here. (laughs) Another thing. (laughs) I need to interject momentarily about the hope. Um, I believe it was Sir Peter Ustinov and also Ted Lasso that said, it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, guys. I, I did put that in, in the article for that reason, because I yeah, do feel like I'm slowly dying mind. watching this team. So, yes, duly noted. Uh, Dante, for those of you who don't know, haven't followed, if so, what is wrong with you? I mean, aside from the fact you're Sox fans and you're watching this or listening to us or reading this now. Um, uh, you may or may not know uh, Dante's father, though his grandmother uh, introduced him to Sox fandom. His father, I, again, we haven't really West gotten into this yet. He got hit in the head, something. He's a Cubs fan. He grew up now, on the West Side, and his favorite color is blue. So that's the excuse I'm going with. <laughs> weak. Okay, but Dante, what I want to know is, um, given this like running, uh, 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 running aground of the White Sox, as you're still waiting for something truly hideous to happen, um, does your dad have any? Uh, is is he no better? Or does he have any hope that he may get you on his side? Where's he, he knows at? better. He knows better. He knows better. All right. I've already told him I will literally move to Seattle or one of the other teams. I've <laughs> Like one of the cities, if I have to, if it means not yeah. being a Cubs fan. The White Sox left. I would still not become a Cubs fan yeah. because the Ricketts family is just that evil. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it would take Shohei going to the Cubs and then the Which Ricketts family. going to happen. Going. No, it's not. Can't, can't happen. happen. Father socks of us. <laughs> if it happens, I will be at Cubs. I will be at Wrigley yeah. because Shohei is greater than. I'll just, I'm not going to wear the Cubs jersey. Just gonna wear my Shohei Japan jersey because we're not gonna represent the Cubs, but we represent Shohei. 
There'll be Chicago Shohei. He's not the Chicago Cubs to me. <laughs> I mean, listen, Father Soxivus can do what he wants. I mean, this is his gig, but he, you know, he's going to fart all over this podcast with something like that up top. Now I'm, I don't, I was depressed. I don't know what I am now. I'm, well, I'm feeling worse, but oh, all right. It, it, I guess it could happen. Oh, oh my. Um, okay, we, uh, we're going to take a break now. We still have uh, Crystal Keefe to hear from. She must have quit herself. Malky Hayes. I will throw in for what it's worth. Believe me, my answer is not going to have anything to do with hope. And it's not because of Ted Lasso, because everybody else already said it. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to take a break. And we're also going to preview the rest of the Soxivus season. So hang with us. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, White Sox fans. It is Sox Pop 165. It is the beginning of the Soxivus season where we are leading off the season saying or asking ourselves, asking each other and talking about why we're still here. Um, it's not for the money. It's not for the prestige. Uh, it's not for history, even though we all do connect to history to be here. Of course we have to. And there actually have been successes. You know, you know, some of you are, uh, in fact, maybe most of you are old enough fans to remember a time where this type of this type of veering and careening that we've experienced in the last decade, the the, the Han era now into the Getz era, uh, just that was not the norm. This is not rose-colored glasses. This was not the norm. So we're finding a way to get just lower and lower and uglier and uglier as White Sox fans. And on that note, we're going to talk more about why we're here and how much we just love this team. Uh, I am going to do this magic thing here that says, okay, we got some coming events. Okay, next week, big live event. It is an airing of grievances. And again, we're under, we're, we're, we're all operating under some supposition or some illusion that uh, we won't just spend the next three weeks beginning December 10th with a constant day-long 48-hour, 72-hour podcast airing grievances because we will be airing our grievances. And though that has been a feature of uh, the socks of a season in the previous two years, oh, my God, it just stings the eyes a little worse this year. To, and may, Or maybe we're numb. Maybe this year's grievances aren't even going to be involve actual, like, bleeding and wailing and, and bruising because, well, that, that basically describes the 2023 season. So what more can they do to us with the Aaron Grievances, December 17th, the week after that. Hey, who knows if enough people are, are jazzed about it. Hey, maybe we'll go live again. If not, we're not planning on it, but feats of strength. And as Father Soxibus has directed us, it will involve in some way who will survive the purge of the White Sox. There's not many survivors. Are, I mean, there's a lot of people already gone. I mean, I'm not even sure who it's going to be between, but who will survive, who will prevail to see the White Sox into, I don't know, the next decade, the next season, the next, you know, March, the next spring training. Uh, that's what that one's going to be about. And we will uh, not wait a week because after all, we'll be running into the holidays. But on the December 22nd, we are going to discuss our Sox of Us miracles. What's going to take for the White Sox actually to make the playoffs, win the World Series, not get run out of baseball, not somehow feel a roster that's more disgusting, reprehensible uh, from a moral standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, from a money standpoint, whatever it is, uh, than they did in 2023. Uh, that's what it's going to be. So we're going to end. We're going to run right into the end of the year uh, with our, I don't know, our podcast of hope, I suppose. Uh, so, okay, that said, we still have a few people to hear from. And, of course, then <laughs> just just discussion time or whatever Tommy, whatever ugly predict, more ugly predictions Father Soxivus wants to make uh, at the end of this podcast. Okay, write them down, Tommy, because you'll, you'll, you'll have the mic. Uh, Crystal O'Keefe, what is happening with you? Why are you here? Aside from just, well, contractual obligation to cover 135 games next year, that aside, uh, in your heart, in your spirit, uh, well, why are you still running with this team? Um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Nice. Good yeah. reference. No, um, I don't know, man. It, uh, I I love baseball too much to just quit. Like it, it's my entire personality. I think it's like spooky baseball girl. Um, that's just me. And um, I know it's so cheesy, but it's like all the friends I've made through cheering for this stupid team and. The, I mean, I love so many of the players, 
obviously I wouldn't love, I obviously I don't love all of them, but I, I want to sit and still watch Luis Robert hit dingers all day. And, you know, even though Moncada and Jimenez and everybody else is constantly injured, I, I still love them. <laughs> so yeah. they're like my little babies. Um, so I just want to sit and watch mediocre baseball with my friends. <laughs> And that's at it. Be, at best. And somehow that's still too much to ask for this fucking franchise. Like that's 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 the sticking point for me. I like to watch that, below so average, below average yes. baseball from a team that shouldn't even be a double A team. Yeah. Um, the other team might be mediocre, so you're still watching some mediocre baseball. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um yeah, I just I love all of the people too much to actually like leave. And Mr. Okay said he's actually going to get back into baseball this coming season. He's given up on it for the past like three years. He no. might not be rooting for the White Sox, but he's going to get back into baseball. What's yeah. Back in. I, I don't know. Me. It's because like, yeah, I'm it's like, it's not going to so, go away. So I might as well yeah, get into it. He was like, my wife is so annoying that I might as well just appease her. No, I think he just, he feels better because obviously the pandemic kept him away from baseball. And he actually said he loved the like shortened 60 game mm. time instead of, he's like 162 games is just insane. Um, and then I was like, hey, I watched like all of them, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like he's finally like willing to go back to ballparks and watch baseball again. So I guess I have to stay. Billy does drive by in the comments, and you know when he showed up uh, post Benetti, he was there was some ramble about like Cubs fandom, and you know wow, I mean I couldn't not comment on that, but you know I'm glad we know that it's not going to be that. Even if it's not the White Sox, let's face it, all of us got to be looking at at least some other team, given the fact that. <laughs> White Sox baseball 2024. Please be mediocre. I mean, we're we're staring in the face of that. Uh, it, you know, it's going to be another long, long summer. And even if you know, and thank goodness, as Chris was saying, it's still nine innings, it's still baseball, it's still 27 outs. So you know, okay, there'll be there'll be something to watch, something to write about, something to get excited about. Um, somebody who will be challenged to do that, um, perhaps in a slightly different role for us in in. Uh, 2024, but hopefully still uh, zapping us with some good analysis like he did with Luis Robert very early on in the season, sort of uh, picking up what he was doing a little differently to become a guy who was maybe not quite in the MVP uh, discussion, although I think 12th in voting this year, uh, but certainly uh, all-star, uh, five-war guy, pretty sweet. Uh, it's Malachi Hayes. Malachi, okay, you are batting fifth in this lineup. I will need to know what in the world you're doing here. <laughs> Yeah, with with me, there's um, you know, there's there's elements in it that everybody has already brought up to this point. There's there's a bit of sunk cost fallacy in there. That I've been here all this time, I might as well ride it out. There's a uh, an element of belief in reversion to the mean. You know, it can't be this bad forever. But um, ultimately, I think it comes down to just just thinking about it that um. You know, my relationship with the White Sox uh, is enmeshed in a million different things that don't actually really have anything to do so much with, um, you know, with the whoever's on the field or in the front office at any given moment. It's, um, you know, it's about the family that I grew up with, talking about them with and going to games with. It's the fact that, you know, if I'm, um, you know, standing at something, I can make conversation with people standing at a bus stop waiting to go home. You know, yeah. it's about my relationship with where I'm from and where I grew up. It's um, like Crystal said about the friends, the friends we we made along the way. And the experience of being a fan for me is, um, you know, almost kind of separate from in some ways from my my love of baseball in general. It's something that goes a bit beyond about the wins and losses. And like I said, who's on the field and who's in the front office uh, at any given moment. So um, I, I it's a, just a little more complicated than sort of acting on the they do good, I feel good, they do bad, um, I feel bad instinct. You know, I attach myself to the experience of being a fan here with the understanding that it's um, that it's out of my control, that I it's something that I can't exert control over. And if they do badly, I'm going to have to feel it. And if they do good, then great. Uh, but I do that with 
the understanding that just like good things don't last forever neither do bad things bad stretches bad parts and um it's all part of an ebb and flow and i i would like to distinguish that from the kind of broader hope fallacy hope aspect that um we that we kind of <laughs> talked about and yeah. attacked directly and skirted around both at various points and it's a like like everything else it's a little more complicated than just pure hope it's about maintaining perspective of that ebb and flow and also that um you know ultimately ultimately it is it is all a game and even when it does feel bad the fact that it's something in my life that i do feel good and i do feel bad about and that i do meet people through um and that does give me and my life meaning at various points even if they're not doing well on the field yeah. it's something you know i have family members who i sh you know there's not a whole lot else i can talk to them about but it gives us that connection yeah. so you know that doesn't really yeah, that all kind of operates independently about what's happening with them at any given mm -hmm. moment. Um, mm -hmm. It's not going to you know, reduce my enjoyment of sitting out in the sun with a beer, watching a baseball game at the end of the day. Um, hey, so, you know, in any, in any given moment, in any given moment, they might be very, very upsetting. They might cause me to turn off the TV. They might cause me to <laughs> you know, take a break from writing. They might cause me to do any of these things, but ultimately, you know, fandom is a lot bigger than that and a lot deeper than that and a lot more complicated than that. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I what I think I'm doing here. It's we we enjoy the ride has been you know our ironic one our ironic mantra for <laughs> quite a while. But in in many ways I am just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And um, as bad as things have felt and as bad as things might even look in in this given moment, um, that's what it's about. Hey Maliki, as you stare into the abyss, there's those eight dollar eight row behind the dugout seats. So you know I mean. There's there's a plus, you know. There's a plus to the team being double A or triple A. That might be one of them. Uh, we have a couple of people who were not here for the podcast, but are appearing in our story. So let's just give a hat tip to them. What they had to say, uh, Melissa Sage Mullenbach, uh, involved in Christmas festivities and not podcasting with us, and also I believe not goosing Dante to swear during this podcast. This might be a first. She's not on the podcast and not trying to get. Dante to cuss more, uh, but of course, what what are the answers everybody has? History, right? I mean that she's connected to it. Her entry in our story, right along with this podcast, is filled with <laughs> historical photos <laughs> from her life as a White Sox fan, including being on the field as part of a um, pom pom squad or something, I think, or marching band. I don't know. I I didn't read it that closely yet, but uh, you know, and of course, getting to throw out a first pitch. Who else among us have done that? I, for one, have not. She said the pitch was poor, so we will need to find that footage at some point, uh, especially if she was down in the, the Dominican Republic um, working the arm out to perhaps come out of the pen for the Sox this year. We have to see. I mean, you got a little competition now, Maliki, uh, for relief help coming from South Side Sox. It's not just stretching and yoga from Crystal any longer. We actually perhaps have some relief and arm help. Lenny Gore, who, you know, we just don't see very often, but he has thrown in uh, this story. And again, I would say his entry, uh, you'll read, you can compare and contrast, I would say runs very parallel to Father Soxivus's himself in terms of the, the, I don't know, the foolish pursuit of hope, but you know, the fact that there's some sunk costs, there are some great memories. I mean, gosh, Lenny's are even more vivid, promising his then, I don't know, girlfriend or maybe well, not fiance, girlfriend at the time that if the White Sox win the World Series in 2005, they'll be married. But hey, they're still married. It worked. And so, you know, uh, those are some pretty um, tight memories. So those are two folks who are not on the podcast who are participating in our story. Uh, I will uh, finish up before we turn it over to Father Soxivus or whatever other sort of scrape notes we got to do here or hype for next week and just say, uh, honestly, um, there's no, uh, of course, there's no cheering in the press box. We're not in the press box, even though we write and cover the team and we write really good. Um, sometimes it's analysis, some, you know, sometimes sheer opinion, humor. Uh, so we do not have to make that uh, decision. Of course, <laughs> what writer and press row really does, don't fool yourselves. There is still cheering or booing in the press box. Uh, <laughs> Tribune cover the White Sox for the last 50 years, <laughs> exhibit A. Uh, but you know, that said, that's not where my answer comes from per se. I have so little invested in the team at this point. I cannot even really try to draft behind anything 
you've all said very, very well. Uh, we have a variety of answers here. There are some common themes, but uh, you know, whether it's Crystal, where it's in her blood, I'm not feeling that. Maliki, who has, you know, maybe there's not much to talk about a few family with a few family members, but White Sox are one of them. You know, that's not me. I mean, that that's that's you guys. I, I, there's there's nowhere else I have to put that. Um, so really, at this point, what keeps me here? I mean, you know, this eye roll or hackneyed or whatever is just is just the site doing this and providing this coverage, which can be can also be a very 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 empty feeling. My colleagues here aside, of course, but the the, the metal of it, the the roster, the front office, it's it's gutting, and I'm not sure I have the wherewithal. And again, maybe it's because I've been a fan longer than almost anyone on our site, uh, but I get worn out. I can't, I, I, that, that, that love that, uh, that, that all of you um, tapped into, and certainly you know, Crystal brought up uh, very well and Maliki as well here in the second half. It's harder for me to find, and I hope I get it, and I do not wish Chris gets, I want, I want him to win executive of the year. I mean, we all know the 29 other people who have a better chance at that than Chris gets, but I'm not rooting against the team. It's just I'm worn out by this team. And if they were just bad, that's one thing. Or if it was a Ricketts ownership situation, well, then I know what I'm getting into. You know, I mean, I, apparently I signed on for this. I'm okay. You know, I'm not sure how, you know, Dante not picking on your dad or anything, but I mean, I don't know how you necessarily reconcile that. I would not be able to. And boy, I tell you, this this team is pushing me ever closer Um to that point. And, you know, honestly, if not for this site, I, I gotta say, I would definitely be in last place in terms of temperature, uh, fandom among the six here, and probably argue, arguably among our whole staff, because I, I really truly worn out and wrung out by this team. And, you know, I don't know, maybe fandom, you know, has a 50 year shelf life or 40 year shelf life or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's where I'm at. That's why I'm here. Uh, that's certainly not uh, an attempt to be mawkish and say, hey, folks, please keep listening and keep reading. We're going to do a great job for you. But, you know, it's, it is what we do. It's what I've been doing for a long time. A lot of, a lot of the rest of you have been as well. Uh, we're going to keep doing it. You know, there's no doubt about that. So uh, that's where I'm at. I have a quick speed round question. I think we've touched on it a little bit, but I have a quick speed round question. Before you do that. Yes, sir. Can I jump in? I don't know. I'm sorry. I was thinking when we were. Please do. I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna grab this spot. Please do. For a second here. Um, I think I said this, and a few other people did. I know Malachi did, to the sunk cost fallacy. Um, I was thinking about that. And like, you think about the sunk cost where if you've been gambling or stuff like that, or you know, you just been, you're throwing good money after bad. I don't think it's a fallacy when it comes to your baseball love. Like, I keep thinking of this line, uh, Orwell's Reflections on Gandhi, where he talks about what you have to do to be a saint. But he says, sainthood is also something human beings should avoid. Like when it comes to emotional stuff like that, I don't, I know, I think I even said sunk cost fallacy, but I'm, I regret saying that because it's, there's something very human and something really beautiful about following those sunk costs and following those passions and having something in your heart that's wildly illogical. And I think it's kind of really beautiful. And that's what sports is because it's illogical. Um, I know. So I'm, I'm taking back what I said earlier about sunk cost fallacy. And I'm not trying to call anyone out, but yeah, it just, it's been percolating in my brain probably line yeah we can edit the podcast as we go i mean we well i never do but yeah <coughs> folks folks uh correct uh, all, just want to jump in there. yeah um my little speed round before i don't know i put the spotlight back on father Soxivus for whatever he's got to say come on scroll some notes time to give us some more ugly predictions that will make me cry and not want to participate for the rest of the month uh is this and I mean, this is, I don't know, maybe this is a weird question, but I'm, st I'm still curious. I am curious. Uh, because uh, when Maliki was uh, giving um, us his answer, uh, it made me remember that some podcasts ago, I don't know, three or four ago, I mean, I think one of the things he said, I think Dante was sort of right there with him, and that was, uh, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf or whoever, fill in the blank, can't take my fandom away from me. And, you know, I mean, that, that is, I, I think, something that probably most of you, most of all of us, um, share to whatever degree. Uh, can't it, have you seen as we have peered into some really ugly times with this team? I mean, we've, it has been rough. 
um, for a great cause, but uh, Crystal's wall is a lot uh, lighter based on just this very last year uh, with the personnel that they have employed. But I mean, just just a number of things, uh, you know, Benetti and so forth. I mean, this has become truly a hard team to root for, not just because, oh man, they lost 100 games or they lost 90 games or when when is it going to ever turn around? Uh, there's this other, I would argue, much uglier thing that's just like haunting us. And I'm just still not certain we've hit the bottom with all that. So I'm curious. I would just like to know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an essay answer. Uh, I will start with Dante. And that is, is there any way you would not be a White Sox fan? Can your fandom end? Or do you really think that, it, I mean, even if it's really on life support, you're always pretty much a White Sox fan? I'll start and say, yes, there, I, I cannot be a Sox fan. doesn't mean I would be another team. I definitely wouldn't be a Cub fan. I mean, I'd be a fan of another team, but I could absolutely see some. Boy, it really feels like I'm this close to it as it is uh, of my White Sox fandom. Uh, Dante, do you feel that um, you could see yourself in a position where you are feeling like you have severed yourself from this team? So basically, it just comes down to where I'm living at. Like, if I'm still in Chicago, I'm going to root for the White Sox because, like, my entire life, the White Sox have been a few CTA stops away. I can go to a game whenever I want to. The, as we've all said a million and one times, they have some of the coolest merchandise there is. <laughs> and like, it would take signing a Trevor Bauer type. Like they signed Clevenger, but at least they signed him before they found out in theory. I hate now, that you put found- that into the world. I just want you to know. <laughs> that's been going around for like four years now. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's been going around, and I honestly don't think he's going to get an MLB contract. So the point's moot. But like, they want to do something like that. And like, again, Luis Roberts cool. And the, um, like, honestly, chaos ball is kind of interesting to me at all times. So okay. if it goes completely down to shitter, at least we can see some fun. So realistically, your answer is pretty much no. It, it, it yeah, it's really pretty much hell no answer. It's pretty much like All I'm right. probably going to be a White Sox fan right. at minimum until I move out of the state of Illinois, and I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. Even then, it's like – There'll be nostalgia. Home. You'll miss I'm home. I'm just go to a different state that has another baseball team and then root for, go to every game the White Sox face them in when they mm-hmm. come to town. Sure. Like, that's just how this goes. I'm planning on going to Seattle specifically to see mm-hmm. – the White Sox face the Mariners. Like, I have an addiction to this team, and it's not healthy. <laughs> we're gonna so. swing. Around, we're gonna swing around to the um, to the father here at the very end. So I'm gonna hit him up right now. Tommy, can you foresee that you uh, you are um, living the potential uh, Dante Jones future, where you have uh, moved from the the place you were. Uh, born, raised, uh, whatever. So, I mean, you can look at White Sox fandom with maybe some nostalgia, or maybe it's easier to distance yourself and see yourself just focusing solely on those Carolina Hurricanes and not baseball at all. Uh, do you? Can you foresee just saying, not happening anymore? You know, I think I go back to the Blackhawks comparison, and I think that's why I'm not as distraught as I probably should be, because, yeah, it's awful right now i'm not gonna sugarcoat it and i totally understand everyone that has gotten off the you know white Sox fandom but i look at it as i'm a huge baseball fan and even here in south carolina like yeah i follow the braves the marlins like all those teams more closely because those are closer to my current location but one i still pay really close attention to the White Sox, obviously. And two, seeing other fan bases, owners, also really interesting player backgrounds and stories that I don't necessarily want to hear, it's not much better anywhere else out there. So I know it's bad and it's not great, but it could be so much worse. And it's not like there's another team that you can just be like, yes, I'm going to hitch my wagon to this team because they are representing what I'm all about because there's just there's trade-offs with all of them. So I think that for me, it's a healthy skepticism knowing that as long as Jerry Reinsdorf continues to own the, the franchise and 
breathe that the team will probably be <laughs> some variety of shitty, but <laughs> it could be worse. And there are still a lot of reasons to support the team. And I think that there are things that you can take out of the team and their seasons where there's opportunities for growth. There's opportunities for things to root for. And, you know, that's kind of how I look at it is just more holistically that way. All right. Acceptable answer, of course. Uh, Malachi, I think I know uh, what your answer might be, but if you care to share it with us, is there a way for you to not be a White Sox fan? You know, I I can definitely foresee a world in which I'm not a White Sox fan. I don't think there's any, like, singular thing that could do it for me. I don't think there would ever be – I don't think there's going to be a kind of moment where it's like, okay, that's it, I'm done. Um that being said, you know, there is definitely a world in which they are like this for 15 years and I slowly drift away and, um, right. you know, maybe I'm not connected to it in as many ways, but um, short answer, I, you know, short of doing something like signing a Trevor Bauer that's going <laughs> to you know, immediately put me off, at least as long as they're still around. Um, I don't see too many circumstances in which there's like something happens and I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm done with these guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crystal, uh, you've been disappointed by both your AL and NL team this year. Uh, your heart is at least 51%, if not much more, with the White Sox. They have decided to continue to ignore your pleas. Uh, I dare say even demands. It's just logic at this point. Uh, yoga, uh, bottle unscrewing, um, uh, stretching, uh, uh, positive thinking. I think there's a number of... Uh, jobs, job titles you could fulfill, you could fill with yeah. the White Sox, and they've just continued to ignore that, which is just asinine. Let, let's like, let's let be me, honest. Let me flex that psychology. I mean, I spent so much money going to school. Might as well mm-hmm. use that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be GM. You'd be more qualified than the current GM. So I, I don't know. Let's not stop there. Yeah. No, let, I, well, let's. Yeah. I let's agree. Be, let's, the first issue is that she's a woman, so that yeah. never lies. And the second issue is that she isn't going to bow down to idiots like Jerry and Chris Getz. So obviously they won't let someone that's obviously qualified do it. You know, yeah. I think if I was the GM, I would finally be the one to like end Jerry because I would just be <laughs> such a bitch to the point where he's like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm scared of you. Take the team, do what you need to do. Um, so what you're saying is we need to push Crystal for yeah. um, GM. Okay. Yeah. I like this. I think we're all in consensus here. Yeah. 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 I, I can be mean. I can be the one that finally like puts that nail in the coffin um, if I need to. But, even, if um, gotta, even if we got to be sneaky about it, get you in as like whatever, train, yoga, whatever, for, for, for that first year. And then once you're in, you know, you're like on the masthead, you're, you're in the media guide. Well, then by the next year i mean so, so then they pluck you and say you know what we saw something in this woman here and said okay uh gm so maybe even a two-year plan oh boy i'm willing i'll take you a 10-year plan at this point i could just name drop scott merkin somehow be like oh mm-hmm. we're friends like do you want to see my twitter dms um and you know maybe get in that way but okay. i don't know whatever works okay well, all that said, Crystal, your fandom, is there, could there be a terminal point? Again, it's just if they continue to put abusers on their rosters and, you know, I mean, finally, like, Daryl Boston is gone. Um, but, like, if they continue to just employ abusers and not listen to, you know, all of the women who have been saying these things about these players for 10 years now. Um, like that'd be cool if they don't do that, then I could definitely stay a fan. But I think if that was the case, I would just, and I've already kind of been doing this, just rooting for players. Like I don't have to have like my flagship team. I just, you know, there, there are players on just about every single team that I can be like, I love this person. I'm just going to kind of follow him. Cause you know, like in my downtime, that's what I followed Andrew McCutcheon. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, whoever's playing, you know, oh, I really love this pitcher, so I'm going to watch him and root for him. Like, that's what I do with my – when I go to a new ballpark, I always buy, like, 
the jersey of my favorite player on that team. So, you know, Joey Votto is probably not going to be around, but like, I I have my Joey Votto's, I have my Jake Burgers, I've got you know people that I love yeah. on each team that I can just cheer for if it if it comes down to it. But I don't know, probably not, especially if I'm going to you know end up in Illinois. It's yeah. going to be tough to avoid it. <sighs> All right. Uh, uh, um, on the topic of the death sentence that is White Sox fandom, uh, Brian, again, I think I know the answer here, but uh, please illuminate a little bit about whether or not you think, I mean, to your surprise, it seems like it seemed like uh, a week or so ago um, you admitted, hey, you know, this team still stirs something in me, usually disappointment, but something to me, you know, I'm not numb to it. And, and that's something that means you are still a fan. Can, can you imagine that that actually going away? <clears throat> Well, you said no essays answer, so I'm not going to, <laughs> um, despite my inclination. So I will say, uh, short answer, no. Long answer, Jason Benetti replacement, Ben Shapiro. Oh, God. <laughs> what is it with us that, putting that, these oh, things God, out into the world? Crazy. But yeah. I can make so many jokes no. about that, man. It will be <laughs> hilarious. That, also, thanks yeah. for reminding me that he's the worst White Sox fan. No, it yeah. makes me insane. It makes me crazy. So, yeah, We're probably not manifesting that. No, it's not going to obviously it's not going to happen. That'd just be the most annoying thing. But yeah, I would like to think that, you know, like Dante said, you know, I, I if they sign Bauer, but they sign Clevenger, you know, I don't know if I am strong enough to break my fandom based on moral uh, revulsion. Um, but it's not like I said it might go away. It might just fade throughout the years. But at the end of the day, and I'm going to, uh, I really like what Tommy said too, is that. You know, every fan bit, you know, you go to uh, meet someone's family and they're like, our family's so crazy. It's like, no, you're not. You're just like, <laughs> not. You're not that weird. And like every fan, every owner is terrible. Every team is run by a bunch of goons and sycophants and morons and halfwits. At some point, you're going to be disappointed. And I'll be disappointed with the team I've been disappointed for my whole life. So. No, but Brian, my family's really, really, my family's really great. Uh, Thanksgiving. It's a different gravy. Let me tell you. Um, All right, let's kick it back to Father Soxibus because, you know, I don't know, this is his gig or something, or he, boy, he had one terrible prediction already. You got more for us, Tommy? Oh, I have lots. Um, But, you know, I have have to ramp up to to those. Um, Yeah, I just, I just want to say, you know, Thank you for those of you on the podcast and those that wrote about this, because I do think even for myself needing that reminder of why the hell are we here? Because <laughs> I like, I got to tell you, it, it usually hits later on in the season, but it was pretty early, probably about like April or May where going into the season, I knew it would be bad, but man, was that just a different level of, yeah. of bad. So, I mean, I think it is a rough conversation to have because, you know, given what we all do here, you don't want to be the person that's like, yeah, fuck this team, but I'm going to keep writing about them. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's have that conversation. But all that being said, for our next, you know, episode, podcast, what have you we will bring out the pitchforks. And so I, I do expect there to be blood and vitriol and cursing and anger and all of the things because this franchise has fucking pissed everybody off. And let's let Jerry hear it. So that is my call to you all on here, everyone out there on the interwebs, jo- join in, join a live session, let it all out because I, I think since they won't let us have socks fest, this is the best we can do. <sighs> so I looked up the Karis. Wow, I can't talk. Um, I looked up, you know, like signs of a cult, like if you're in a cult. <laughs> and, you know, some of these seem legitimate. So, like, no accountability, zero tolerance for criticism or questions. Um, lack of meaningful financial disclosure regarding budgets. Um, there's also like isolating from friends and family, punish doubts or questions, and require an inordinate sacrifice of money from followers. So I think at the end of the day, 
we're only here because we are all in a cult and we all drank the flavor aid. That said, uh, I feel responsible to warn everyone as they head into the ballpark in 2024, if you see a topping that looks a little bit like cayenne in your lotes, but isn't quite, maybe pass on it because <laughs> you never know. A sign of a cult is, well, yeah, we don't need to continue that. Um, one, of us, one of us, one of us. Uh, and so, uh, Father Saxophus, in contrast to the very light-hearted tone of this podcast, it's going to get really ugly next week, is what you're saying? You got it. <laughs> that, that's that's the goal. Well, among the many different, the myriad uh, um, offers made to the White Sox uh, by Crystal, she has uh, thrown another one out there. That is the pocket schedule title for 2024, and that is White Sox. Please be mediocre. Uh, they won't be, but, you know, we hope. Hope has been definitely a theme in this podcast, and so we can hope. Okay, I expect to see all of you, uh, Natalie attired, or at least in Socks of Us gear, uh, a week from now as we go live. Thank you, Dante Jones. I know there's a sweater lurking out there. Brian O'Neill, I know there is some sort of penguin suit out there lurking. Uh, Crystal O'Keefe. I'm going to wear my wedding dress. <laughs> now we are talking, uh, Father Saxophus. Come on, I mean, we the, the beard's there. I don't know how much more can be grown in the space of a week, but okay, let's get. I'll on work it. on it. All right, uh, Malachi Hayes, uh, whatever formal or Saxophus wear, please do. Hopefully, we'll have even a few more people joining us because, after all, uh, as promised by the Father himself, the pitchforks will be out. The White Sox. Uh, uh, catch our ire as they do every podcast, but it's going to be very heavily concentrated. A dose that, if they were to listen to it fully without a commercial break, they probably wouldn't be able to take it there in the sweet class at 35th and Shields. Uh, thank you, Brian, Crystal, Father Soxibus, Dante, Malachi, and all of you reading and watching and listening out there. Please read our company article. Not everybody did show up who wrote uh, because that will illuminate as well. Uh, and we have uh, more fun for you in a week as we go live, um, apparently, which pitch, with pitchforks. Thanks, everybody. We will see you in a week, and happy beginning of the Saxophist season. <laughs>